Howdy. Howdy. Doing all right today? Yeah. Only half of you said, all right, I'm worried about the other half of you. It's okay, it's okay. We'll talk after service, all right? Let me know how you're doing, all right? Pleasure to have some of you that are guests today. Also, pleasure to have you all online. Thank you for joining us. Today, we're going to be speaking about how to become bold. And I say that as a man holding a pink clipboard. So, I will hope that somehow this is relevant to me today. I wanted to start a little bit today about a story when I had the chance to go with my sister's family uh, to Israel. My, my brother-in-law had a business trip where he had to go over to Israel. Um, all of my business trips end up meaning going down to NRG Stadium, so I think his is a lot cooler than mine. But I had the chance to go with them on this trip, and while we're on the way, we stopped over in Amsterdam, and we saw our high school physics teacher at the airport on the way in Amsterdam. That's kind of a strange thing to find, but it turned out he and his wife were going to Israel as well because that's where they had one of their, their houses. And we'd heard about this for like 20 years back in high school. We'd, we'd heard about this place. We thought we need to go see it. And so he said, this is the town, but I can't give you the address. He said, because it won't help you. He said, go into the town, walk up to anybody in that town, and tell them, I'm looking for Abdul Masari's house, and they'll tell you where to go. We're like, we're not just in another country. We're on another continent on the other side of the world, and we're going to go to some random city we've never been to and just say, uh, we're looking for Abdul. Where is he? And so the day of, my sister tries to call him to say, hey, just wanted to confirm everything, but we couldn't get a hold of him. And so it came time, and my brother-in-law got off work, and so we were discussing, should we go? And my sister said, I don't feel comfortable with this. I, I don't know about this. I'm not, I, I don't think we should go. And I just looked, and I said, he told us where to go. He told us what to do. He told us when to come. Let's go. And so, managed to convince my family to, that we got in the car, and we started driving. And after about 30 minutes, we got into a little roundabout. And the roundabout said, take a right at the first exit. There was no road there. It was dirt. Just dirt. And not even a dirt path. Just dirt. There was nothing. But the GPS said we were still on the, on the route. So we kept driving in the middle of nothing. A bunch of dirt. And there were two people in front of us, too. So with that, we're driving along for 30 minutes without a road. My sister was freaking out. And after 30 minutes, and we're still like, we're still, the GPS says we're still fine. We get back onto a highway. And 45 minutes later, we get to the middle of this town where the little red line ends because we had no address. And so we stopped. We walked up to the first shop, and we said, do you know where Dr. Abdul Masarwi is? And the person behind the counter says, no. But let me check something. And he takes the picture, walks into the parking lot, and says, do you know this guy? And they said, oh, yeah, that's my uncle. And we ended up ta being taken over to his house, and we spent two hours, had a great time. The, the story of a lifetime that we almost missed out on because we were afraid to get in the car and start driving. The thing is that 
being bold is to be confident, courageous, and willing to take risks. And today, we want to make sure that we understand what it means to be bold, why it's important, and how we even achieve it. Because I can promise you, being bold has not been a lifelong thing for me. Okay? Back whenever I was like 10 years old, and you know those high ropes courses that they send kids on? You know, like you have to climb up like to the third story and you're swinging on these ropes because apparently there are too many children in the U.S. and they're hoping maybe just a few, we can kind of whittle them down. And, and, and I ended up going up there and it's this telephone pole and you're supposed to climb to the top, stand on the top and jump out and grab a trapeze. Okay, yes, technically there was a rope attached. I probably should have mentioned that. But with it though, is I got to the top and I'm looking around, I'm like, this makes no sense. And I said, I'm not doing it. And as much as they were yelling at me, I climbed all the way back down and they tried to pull me back up. I'm like, nope. And I got all the way back down to the ground. And out of all those kids, I was the only one that refused to jump. By the way, I did do it uh, 20 years later when I was 32, but people weren't quite as impressed at that point. <laughs> but the thing is, is that we don't always start off by being bold. Being bold is not just something that you hope you have it or maybe you don't. The thing is, we oftentimes, though, get boldness confused with something else. Mike Iaconelli, he uh, does a lot of uh, Christian youth work and, and speaks at various conferences, said, boldness doesn't mean rude, obnoxious, loud, or disrespectful. Being bold is being firm, sure, confident, fearless, daring, strong, resilient, and not easily intimidated. It means you're willing to go where you've never been. It means you're willing to try what you've never tried. You're willing to trust what you've never trusted. Boldness is quiet, not noisy. And I say that because oftentimes we confuse boldness with rudeness. Somehow, we look and we expect for someone that if they're more rude, then we assume that's the same as being bold. And we admire people for their rudeness. We oftentimes are looking for the ones who have no filter, who have no capability of just being nice. Because we've translated rudeness with boldness. But the thing is that the reason why we're looking for boldness is because we have this sense that boldness is something that is more than just knowing what you want, but being sure that you can survive the journey to get there. See, the thing is, is that oftentimes we're looking at being confident, but sometimes we think that being confident means just being louder. Raise the volume. Say it more forcefully. And that will somehow make it right. The thing is with this, though, is that when we learn what is real, we cannot abide by anyone forcing us to keep silent. Hand it to me. There we go. I have a pink clipboard and a pink unicorn, so, you know, this is a great day to be a pastor. So... If I were to 
be in the forest walking along, and I were to look up and I were to see a unicorn in the middle of nowhere, how do you think I'm going to feel? I'm probably going to be thinking, everybody needs to know this. Now, you all are probably going to be saying, oh no, Jason had too much whiskey on Saturday night. He really needed to drink more water in advance. But the thing is, is that when we see something that is real and that is true, it's hard for us to keep silent about it. And that's the thing, is that oftentimes that's why we're looking for something that is bold. We're looking for something that doesn't apologize for speaking what is right and what is true. And with that, that's the thing, is that oftentimes we end up missing that part about who Jesus is and what he was sent to do. I'm going to put down the unicorn now. Thank you. But the thing with Yes, I was the person who always made sure his stuffed animals could breathe at night, so, okay. The thing is, is that when we see Jesus speaking in his gospel, he's being surrounded by many people that are mocking him. You may not have caught that in the passage. They're mocking him. He's by himself. Nobody else agrees with him. And that's the thing that's oftentimes hard for us. We find it difficult to speak what is true and what is right, especially when we feel ourselves surrounded by the people who don't want to hear it. We do that sometimes in our everyday lives. We sometimes do it online. We sometimes do it in our own mind. But with that is that Jesus knew that what he was speaking about himself was right. And that was one thing that kept him bold. But it was also more than that. It wasn't just knowing that what he said was right, but also that he had the right to say it. My sister lives up in Cyprus. Whenever I go to visit her, they have a refrigerator. It's off by the washer and the dryer. Okay? When I go in, almost every time, I walk in, I go to the fridge, I open it up, I pull out a Coke, close the door, and I start visiting with, with my sister and her family. That's not my house. That's not my fridge. I didn't buy that Coke. Why do I feel that I can go and do that? Because they've already said time and time again, feel free, you are always welcome to have one of these sodas. Now, I do not open the main fridge and steal the leftovers. That belongs to my brother-in-law, and I know better. Especially with barbecue. He does a great job. But with it, though, is that not only do I know that what I'm doing is right, but I know that I have the right to do it. I feel confident that when I walk up to that, that fridge, I can open it, take a Coke, and that's okay. And that's the thing, is that Jesus is speaking to these people, not just because what he's saying is right, but also he knows he has the right to say it because he is sent from the Father. See, all those people around him, they felt confident in making fun of him because they thought they had the authority. They thought, we're the educated people. We're the ones who know what we're doing. We're the ones who are in the right, especially because everyone around us agrees with us. But there is Jesus holding to the truth, not only because it was right, 
but because he knows that he was sent by his father to proclaim it and to live it. But the thing is, is that being right and being in the right or having the right, that's not all that it takes to be bold. You see, there is oftentimes going to be one more thing that we're oftentimes missing. You see, how do we get across to that point of being bold and confident to stand and to proclaim what is real, what the world needs to hear, even when people keep pushing against us? It takes loss. It takes hurt. And it takes pain. The thing is that coming up to you and telling you to be bold has nothing to do with pretending that now everything in your life is going to be easy. There's no way of pretending that anything in your life is easy. As soon as you have gotten to know me as a person, you know that I have no way of making your life easier whatsoever. But even more so with following Christ. Why does the daredevil do more and more stunts, greater and greater risks? Is it because the stuntman has never broken a bone? Or, or hurt themselves? No, they've hurt themselves more than anybody else. But then what were they able to do? Heal, get back up, and go forward. See, that's the thing about why this prayer is so dangerous. When we say, God, make me bold, it's not just God tell me what's the right thing to say. It's not just God give me the right to say it. It's also saying, God, I know that it's going to hurt. And I know it's going to be hard. You see, that's the thing about this, is that when we hear in the book of Acts that Peter comes up, and they've already been speaking in tongues everywhere, and what are all the people around them saying? Oh, they must have been drunk. But what does Peter do? Does Peter just like, ha, 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 that, 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 that's funny. I, I get the joke. We'll, we'll talk about it later. Mm-mm. He stands up and he looks him in the eye and says, yeah, the Jesus you crucified, he came back to life. And that's where we have our hope. Is it because there was no danger to him anymore? Uh-uh. 11 out of 12 apostles became martyrs for the faith. And the 12th one almost was. Peter would be crucified upside down later down the line. They did get him. Being bold has nothing to do with thinking you can escape, has nothing to do with thinking it's easy, has nothing to do with saying that everyone is going to understand and agree. Being bold is knowing that whatever you go through, in the end, they can't destroy your soul. In the end, we have the hope of life eternal. And that's the thing about what makes Jesus and what makes his apostles so bold. It doesn't matter what they're going to go through. It doesn't matter what they're going to struggle with. It doesn't matter what's going to hit them. They know that there is a hope thereafter. They know that instead of impressing the people that are around them, instead they're living up to what they've been given by the Father. And that's the thing oftentimes, is that boldness does not avoid brokenness. Boldness does not avoid being insulted. Boldness does not mean that everyone's going to agree with you. Boldness goes through that and realizes that there is still a hope 
and a promise. You are going to make mistakes with it, though. I'm sure there have been times whenever you could have proclaimed something or stood for what was right, times whenever people were trying to push you into something that you knew was wrong and you gave in. I know that there are probably going to be times whenever you were like, you know what, I, I agree with that person, but the way they're doing it is just terrible. I think I'll just keep my mouth silent for now. Even the times where some of the loudest preachers with thousands of people in their congregation and people can say, you know what, I don't like the way he's doing it, but I'll just let it go because I, I, I don't want to get in the way. And then they get fired and thousands of people are now no longer with the spiritual home. But the thing with this is that even with the flaws and the sins and the failings, is that you're still called to that boldness. Martin Luther one time said, sin boldly. Yes, there was more to it than that. That grace may abound more boldly still. Not because we should try to fail, but knowing that, knowing that we are imperfect does not need to make us afraid of moving forward in the name of Christ. And that's the thing with this. I, I don't know what it is tomorrow or the next day. I don't know what it is that's going to make you afraid that you're going to either mess up or you're afraid of other people not liking you or not feeling comfortable with this, but this boldness doesn't come from avoiding that. The boldness comes from seeing that they can't take away your life in Christ. And that's all I have for you today. I can't give you a magic formula for saying the right thing that's going to win every argument. Our Messiah certainly didn't seem to win every single argument. I can't give you something that's somehow going to make it so that you're never afraid ever in your life. That's not a thing either. Even Jesus was standing there saying in the garden, please, Father, take this cup away from me, but your will be done, not mine. But what I can say is that on the other side of it, there is still a hope and a future. So we can do this together in boldness and in confidence. Sent by God to proclaim what is true and to let everybody else know in the world where that hope and where that boldness comes from. Thanks be to God.